Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Beautiful babies! Long time no talk. I'm going to let you know, currently I am in my backyard. I am dodging dog poops as I walk around. And I'm going to be honest, I don't got a bra on. I got a jumbo t-shirt on. Can you hear that wind in the trees? Ooh, it's spooky and beautiful. It is July, but why is it so chilly? I do not understand. Yes, I'm giving you this intro because we are doing a rerun, but I think it'll be a fun one. It's from 2015. Um, So this is at the very beginning. I talk about a phone number you can call to submit your stories. Don't call that number. Uh, There's probably even an email that's not active anymore. 2015 was way before I had dabbled into social media. And this episode prior to my TikTok blow up probably had seven people listening to it. Uh Oh, wait. Would it be a podcast without that? Excuse me. Um, I love you guys so much. A lot is going on in my world right now. Quick little update. Um, We are moving on July 25th, but we have to be out of our house next weekend. We're actually be homeless for a little bit. Um, Not actually going to be at my mother and father-in-law's. They're away for the week, so... We are going to have us, our dogs, our birds all in their house and watching their dog, which is going to be awesome. And new people are going to live here, which is bananas. We asked them if we could stay, but they said no. So our life is going to be upside down for a little bit. I really wanted to get a podcast in with you guys. Joel and I were packing all day. We totally forgot. Adam's like, we got to do a podcast. And I'm like, bro, I don't have makeup on. My hair is in the same washed bun that I put it in two days ago. I can't find a bra and I don't know where my box underwear is. So I was like, can I just replay it? And he's like, damn girl. Okay. So we got that. This is a Myrtle's Plantation episode. This is one of my favorite places. It's definitely on my bucket list, a place I really want to go. I'm probably going to sound a lot different. I was trying to probably be very, um, narratory on this one so <laughs> don't forget if you do ever want to send in ghost stories head to thehauntedestate.com there's a submission form there or you know if you go to my link tree there's another way there also i want some of you guys ideas on merch so hit me up on instagram i was thinking of a shirt that just says don't kill yourself um because i always have that little tidbit at the end of my podcast there 
<sighs> Do I sound manic? I don't think I'm manic. I just haven't felt great since I came back from VidCon. We got tested for COVID. Nobody has COVID. It's not even COVID symptoms. I just feel like I have like... I'm worn out. I'm an empath, right? I was around so many people's energy, which I love and adore. <sighs> but right now, I'm trying to get all my last bits of energy to pack up this entire house. I bought it when I was practically a teenager, and I've been here for like nine years or ten years or something. It's going to be really weird leaving on that last day and just kind of looking around and being like, wow, because this place, some of the happiest and worst things that ever happened to me happened right here at this house. Look at this backyard, that fence we put up, this patio we put in, that tiny house we built. So many memories here. But I feel like you know when you're done in a place. It's kind of like your energy just expires there. You know what I mean? So we are heading out to the country. I know I talk about it a lot, but I'm so excited. It's a beautiful three-bedroom house. Very unique very like custom built from the 70s and I've talked about it before that like psychic dream I had and it all came true this place has 53 acres it has two ponds a cottage a tennis court outbuildings like I'm really excited my hope if you're listening to this I really want some like indie film people to come out and use the land and maybe put me in your movie but um yeah I got lots of space to do some really cool stuff apparently it's infested with snapping turtles and, and frogs but hey I'm gonna be honest Am I excited? Yeah, I am. <laughs> Life is weird. If you could have told me two years ago, three years ago now, when I was laying on my bathroom floor, crying my eyes out, just not wanting to be here anymore, that this would be my life today, I wouldn't have believed you, and I would be so fucking thankful. And that's how I am to all of you. Because I feel like it's just the real OGs that come back for the podcast. You know, people watch the TikToks, people watch the YouTube videos, but... I feel like you guys take it all in. You're my closest besties. And I honestly really appreciate that. You've been here from the beginning before I was who I was and who I am. And who I am was built by you. So I hope you enjoy this episode, Myrtle's Plantation. I grabbed it because it was a longer one. I think it was like 50 minutes. Enjoy it. I love you. And hey, don't kill yourself. Welcome. Welcome. To the Haunted Estate. Hello, my little spooky babes. It is your host, Selena Myers, here for the fifth episode of The Haunted Estate. We have made it to number five. Look at that. How fantastic is that? I am sitting at The Haunted Estate. If you look at that picture, that, you know, middle window, thinking about Halloween, which, oh my goodness, is less than a month away. Let me say that again. Less than one month away. And I am just picturing all you guys coming over to The Haunted Estate to get your treats. Yes, I know you're mostly adults, but still. My question is, what are you wearing? It falls on a Saturday. Are we going to the bar? Are we Are we gonna do something fun? Also, big shout out to Chicago, Illinois. We are, for some reason, very popular in Chicago, Illinois, which is awesome. So thank you and welcome to the fifth episode of The Haunted Estate.
On September 26, 2015, there is a paranormal conference called Paracon. You can find tickets to this paranormal conference at rosecityparacon.com. The Haunted Estate will have a table here where you can record your own story or stop by and grab some snacks. They have great speakers that speak about demonology to ghost hunting. Many, many speakers and vendor tables are available. Yes, you guys heard it. I will have a table at Paracon, which is, I think, in Windsor or just outside Windsor. It is a paranormal conference. They have speakers like Ben Hansen, Katrina Weedman, which I'm sure is from Paranormal State. I know there's a guy um, doing a whole presentation on demonology. It, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to have my setup. Feel free to come on in and record your own story. I'm going to have my staple. I'm going to staple some of my business cards to some candy. If you want a business card but if you're listening to this you obviously already know that it's gonna happen so <laughs> so if you want tickets to that it is www.rosecityparacon.com and that yes is on september 26 2015. so as i talked about in the last article we were talking about the 10 top haunted items went into a tiny tiny bit about the Myrtles plantation so I did some research found a really cool write-up about the uh, plantation it really interests me so that is today's little bit of haunted history we are going to go into that the legendary Myrtles plantation in St. Francisville Louisiana has long been regarded as one of America's most haunted houses and while scores of ghost hunters will smear the fact that the house has been infested with ghosts, these same investigators will be puzzled to learn a few of the stories that have been passed along as fact actually occurred. This house is certainly haunted, but not for any of the reasons that we have been told for so long. For the first time, discover the real story behind the Myrtles and its plethora of ghosts and hauntings. The history of the South will always provide us with tales of romance and mystery. The saga of Antebellum South, and a lifestyle that will never be forgotten, lives on and at the grand mansion known as the Myrtles Plantation, high on the hill of St. Francisville. The drama of the Myrtles began in 1796 when General David Bradford, also known as Whiskey Dave of the Whiskey Rebellion, fled to the United States to avoid arrest and imprisonment. Bradford arrived at Bayou Serra when a Spanish colony had obtained a land grant for 650 acres from the Baron de Crodenlet to begin a new life. In 1820, the Myrtles was sold to his son-in-law, Judge Clark Woodruff, who remodeled the mansion. Fourteen years later, the house was sold to Mr. Ruffin Sterling, who completed the mansion in a grandeur state that one can see today. The 125-foot-long veranda is noted for its ornamental ironwork. The entrance foyer contains some of the finest examples of faubois and open-pierced work in existence today. The French chandelier is a barricade crystal and weighs more than 300 pounds. The stained glass entrance, original to the house, was hand-painted and etched in pattern of a French cross to ward off evil. The ladies' and gentlemen's parlors are mirrored with reflections of each other. These two rooms are identical in size and exhibit magnificent open-priest friesework and molding. The Carrera marble mantles grace the north and south walls of the parlor. 
The Myrtle's Plantation invites you to step into the past for a visit of antebellum splendor. Relax in the giant rocker on the wide veranda or stroll through the historic grounds laced with live oak trees, crepe myrtle trees, azaleas, and other flora and fauna typical of the antebellum plantations. We hope that the history has piqued your curiosity and that you plan a visit with us to learn more of the history and receive an introduction to the mystery and intrigue that surrounds one of America's most haunted homes. The Legend of Chloe According to the story, the troubles that led to the haunting that began in 1817 was when Sarah Mahilda married Clark Woodruff. Sarah Matilda had given birth to two daughters and she was carrying a third child when the event took place and still haunts the Myrtles today. Woodruff had a reputation in the reason for integrity with men and with the law, but was also known for being promiscuous. While his wife was pregnant with a third child, he started an intimate relationship with one of his slaves. The particular girl, whose name was Chloe, was a household servant, who, while she hated being forced to give in to Woodruff's sexual demands, realized that if she didn't, she could be sent to work in the fields, which was one of the most brutal works that a slave could do. Eventually, Woodruff tired of Chloe and chose another girl to whom to carry on with. Chloe feared the worst. Sure that she was going to be sent to the fields, she, s she began eavesdropping on the Woodruff's family's private conversations, dreading the mention of her name. One day, the judge caught her and doing this and ordered her ordered for one of her ears to be cut off to teach her a lesson and to put her in her place after that time she always wore a green turban around her head to hide the ugly scar that the knife had left behind what actually happened next is still unclear some claimed that what occurred was done so that the family would just get sick and that chloe could nurse them back to health and earn the judge's gratitude in this way, she would be safe from ever being returned to the fields. Others say that her motives were not so pure, and that what she did was for one reason only. Revenge. For whatever reason, Chloe put a small amount of poison into a birthday cake that was made in honor of the Woodruff's oldest daughter. In the flour and the sugar went a handful of crushed oleander flowers. The two children and Sarah and Matilda each had slices of the poison cake, but Woodruff did not eat any of it. Before the end of the day, all of them were very sick. Chloe patiently attended to their needs, never realizing that it was an accident that she had given them too much poison. In a matter of hours, all three were dead. The other slaves, perhaps afraid that their owner would punish them also, dragged Chloe from the room and hanged her by a nearby tree. Her body was later cut down, weighted with rocks, and thrown into a river. Woodruff closed off the children's dining room where the party was held and never allowed it to be used again as long as he lived. Tragically, his life was cut short a few years later by a murderer. To this day, the room where the children were poisoned has never ever been used again for dining and is called the game room today. Since her death, the ghost of Chloe has been reported at the Myrtles and even accidentally photographed by a past owner. The plantation still sells the picture postcards today with the cloudy image which is purported to be Chloe standing between two of the buildings. The former slave is thought to most frequently be encountered as a ghost at the Myrtles. She has often been seen in her green turban wandering the place at night. Sometimes the cry of little children accompanying her appearance at other times.
those who are sleeping and are startled awake by her peering at them from the other side of the bed. And now a personal account by Charles Walton of his experience at the Myrtle Plantation. So anyway, I'll start with 2007. In 2007, I was on a courier run going through uh, the area where the Myrtle's plantation was. And for some reason at the time, I had an idea that the Myrtle's was in northern Louisiana. I didn't realize how far south down it was. It's not far outside of Baton Rouge. And so anyway, um, I drove by and I saw the sign outside. So I decided to, to drive in there. But I waited. I had a um, courier run. I had to make a delivery. And on the way back, about 30, 45 minutes or so, I decided to stop on the way back. So I could kind of look around and spend more time there. And so that's what I did. I pulled in and that actually ended up being one of the scariest occurrences that I've ever witnessed. Uh, when I first pulled in, uh, I was probably about maybe 20 yards off of the, out of the gate area moving into the plantation. And all of a sudden, these uh, three white ghostly figures appear. And they moved from the, um, the oak trees. They have a lot of really large oak trees. And they moved from the right to the left down. And as soon as they did, the most frightening, very loud female voice, uh, it was just very eerie. It sounded like it went for miles, just screaming, just as loud as you could humanly imagine. And so, obviously, that was very shocking to me. Now, when I first experienced this, I figured, well, this is just some kids playing a prank or something, you know? I don't know how they're pulling this off, but that was my first thought because it just didn't seem like reality. And so... Um, I picked up, went to pick up my camera, I remember, because I was going to try to get video footage of it. And as soon as I did, something knocked my, the camera right out of my hand. It was in my left hand. It knocked it down to the floorboard of the car. And then what was really creepy is I felt a very cold chill go up my legs, down my arms, and across my back. That was really, really spooker, spooky. And this was in the summertime, so, I mean, you certainly shouldn't experience anything like that. And I remember the coin area in the middle of the car where the coins are kept was rattling. And so that was really, really, just really wild. So I didn't uh, feel like it was safe to proceed any further into the plantation area. And that was my first time ever going there. So I uh, backed the car up. And when I got back by the entrance area, I just kind of pulled on the side. And it was such a shocking experience that I decided to call the local police department. I didn't call 911. I just called their regular number. And I, I remember speaking with a female officer, and I told her my story, and she assured me. She said that uh, whatever I saw was real, she said, because they get calls quite often in the early morning hours when people experience something like this. And so we talked for a while, and and you know, I mentioned to her, I thought so maybe it was somebody, some kids playing a prank or something, because it was a weekend night, I remember. And she said no. She said that uh, everybody from that area is made very aware that, that you can't pull any type of prank or anything you know in regards to that because they will arrest you for doing so and I can certainly understand that because uh, of course this plantation makes their money off of um, you know being the most haunted plantation in, in the United States of America so they certainly don't want anybody pulling pranks because uh, that would you know jeopardize their credibility so anyway that same night I decided to um, you know on I was going going back home after I left like I said I just didn't feel comfortable about driving in there any further and so I pulled into a local gas station. I saw two police cars, and they were inside there, just kind of chatting and looking at their lap, looking at their laptop. And I spoke to them, and um, the younger officer he told me he said that um, he never goes into that plantation, 
unless somebody's life is in danger. He said he'd been there in there enough and seen enough things, and he just didn't want to partake in that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And he was very serious about it, so I found that, you know, extremely interesting. And that was my first, um, well, my first uh, incident where I witnessed something there. Then, uh, that was in 2007 also, I should make note. Then a few years later, um, I'd gone back out there, and I stayed one night. And I remember there was a couple that left and went to the restaurant. There's a restaurant that adjoins the plantation. And so they had left and gone to the restaurant, and uh, that night, I just, I think I was staying there actually by myself that night, and um, and they had a few um, other people around the area, in the back area with the rocking chairs areas, and we got, you know, in a conversation over a couple hours, and um, the couple that had left right there, it's in the uh, downstairs area with the general general's uh, room, uh, while they were gone, all of a sudden something just like slammed the door, like trying to just really loud, so we thought somebody was in there. And we assumed that they, you know, it was still early. It was probably around 10 or 11 o'clock, but we figured somebody was upset maybe because they was trying to sleep or something. But when the couple arrived back, we questioned them, and we found out that nobody else was in there. So whatever occurred, obviously, um, was probably initiated by some type of entity. And then there's another occasion went out there with a couple friends. We stayed, and I remember in the early morning hours, I woke up and I looked out the window, and there was some type of entity just looking through the window on the roof because outside of one of those windows it adjoins the roof you could literally walk right out onto it now um and even one that's just as scary or even scarier a close friend of mine went i guess it's been about a year or so ago and it was about 1 in the morning and we were talking about spooky stuff um, and then but i remember that it, during the um, point in the conversation we were talking about how we weren't afraid of any type of demon or anything like that and all of a sudden, um, this entity is something. There's, there's a, these, in, in the upstairs area of the main building, uh, is where the, some of the most uh, prevalent hauntings take place. And we were in one of those rooms that night. And I remember the, um, you know, when we checked in, they told us that nobody else was staying in any of the other rooms that night. So we were alone up there by ourselves in this room. And about 1:20 in the morning, 
all of a sudden something, there's, there's doors that join these rooms, and the only thing that, that separates the two doors from getting from one to the other is a latch lock, a, an old type latch lock. Now on both doors they have the latch lock, on our room and on the other door. That way somebody can't just undo the latch lock and get into somebody else's room. But that's all that separates these two doors. It's a, it's a very kind of heavy wooden door. And so about 1.20 in the morning, um, all of a sudden something, it was very prevalent sound. It made the latch, you could hear it turning and clicking and snapping. And it was extremely loud. It just seemed like louder than what, what it should be. And then all of a sudden something started pounding on that door. And it was just with an incredible force like it was going to try to just bust that latch open and come in on us. And obviously right off it startled us. Um, I remember <laughs> my friend, first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to open our door and go outside and just see if we could see anybody outside our door in between where we were in that other room. And my friend just for some reason she wanted to um, stay in there a minute or two and just kind of analyze the situation, figure out what might be going on. I think she was concerned that maybe someone was in there, an actual human was in there and trying to break in and so that's what she was scared of also. But anyway, um, after about a couple minutes, I convinced her that we should unlock the door. Unlock the door, um, I walked over to the adjoining room. Now, in this upstairs area, there's probably about a one and a one half, one and a one and a half inch um, separation between the floor and, and, the, uh, and the bottom of the door. And so you can literally see up in there. And so um, what we did, well, what I did is I, um, I looked up in there and I could see there was nobody in there, just like the, uh, they told us when we you know, checked in. There was absolutely nobody in that room. Um, you could see the, the, the couch area, there's no luggage, nobody was moving around. I looked for several minutes and absolutely certain nobody was in there. And then during that time, the lights went off and on several times too. So whatever was in there was doing this. And um, so that was, just, that's just, that was just really, really shocking. It was kind of scary also. Um, now there is a uh, caretaker that used to work at Myrtle's. I don't think he works there any longer. His name was Moses. And um, he trusted us, you know, we talked to him about a bunch of different things we saw. So he trusted us and he told us um, some stories. One in particular that was uh, very, very scary and shocking. And I won't reveal that at this time because um, the Myrtle's been very good to me. They've, uh, and you know, and with my visits, I've promoted them back when um, MySpace was real popular. I used to promote them on there. And I still promote them some on YouTube uh, now that, uh, you know, I have a popular profile on there. but. But, uh, you, know, I'm, you know, the thing is that there are some very evil entities at this plantation. There's some good ones and evil ones, both. But one thing you don't want to ever do is try to make contact with the evil ones directly. I mean, if they make their presence, that's one thing. But you don't want to ever try to contact these ent entities directly by any type of Ouija board or, or anything like that. Because that can be a very dangerous and serious situation. And... Um, but as long as, as you go there just to visit and experience, you know, some um, paranormal type activity and things of this sort, then, you know, I don't think, I, I don't know one incident where everybody, anybody's ever been hurt at this plantation. But absolutely, without a doubt, it's very haunted. And so if you get a chance to uh, visit, you definitely should. I would like to send a huge thank you out to Charles Rocks, which is youtube.com slash Charles Rocks. That is his personal account of what happened to him at the Myrtles Plantation. I am so jealous. I want to go so bad. We should just get like a haunted straight bus trip and just head on up there and have a lot of fun. <laughs> Do you have a story, topic idea, or even a short story you wrote yourself? Send it in. 
call it in at 1-877-260-3428. And let's take this moment to jump into a story sent by one of our very loyal listeners who would like to still remain anonymous. This story is not about me, but my youngest sibling, a half-brother. My two brothers and I, being the only girl, was from a marriage of our two parents. When they divorced, my mother went on to have one more son. This boy was not at all like my other brothers. He was different in a way that's very hard to describe. So I'll start at the beginning. I have a very vivid memory of having a visit with my mother and at the time my one and a half year old brother. As a treat, we watched movies and slept in the living room. As cliche as it sounds, it was thunderstorming. I was suddenly awakened by the sound of thunder in the night. All three of us were on the couch cushions, which was a man-made bed we had made on the floor. I immediately looked around for my brother, who had fallen asleep beside me, only to hear him making noises from the kitchen. So I sat up and peeked into the dark room to see what he was doing. He was looking up to the left with his hand in the air, speaking in baby tongue. At first, I thought, oh, he is awake and I need to get him back to bed when I watched something to his right to get his attention, and he turned his head and started talking and pointing his little hand in that direction. This was creepy to me. While this was happening, there was a glass door balcony to let in all the thunder and lightning, which you would think would scare a small child, but didn't face him a bit. I followed him around the apartment, watching him go on for a few minutes. At the moment I could take no more, I startled my brother by shouting his name to come here. This made him cry and woke up my mother. I was glad it did. I went to sleep as fast as I could, so I would not have to witness another second of this creepy encounter. More to come. He's a very interesting individual who I feel at a young age has experienced a lot. Call in your own story at one 260 3428 Thank you so much, Anonymous, for your story. That is creepy, I could imagine. There's something about, as I've mentioned in many episodes, about creepy children that is just... I would rather see something more horrifying than a child. But that also goes to prove many, many points anywhere that you research that children are very in touch with the other world, especially not even being able to speak yet. And I heard you say there's more to come, so I'm really excited to hear more stories um, about him, definitely. So my whole life I've had an interest in paranormal type things. I always watch like weird ghost shows like ghost hunters and like paranormal witness i've always like been really interested in those like tv shows one year i was watching ghost hunters international they were at this castle in italy and if you guys didn't know i lived in germany for eight years with my family and my mom was like we should go to that castle in italy she booked us to stay at this it was like a bed and breakfast castle and she booked us to stay at this haunted castle in italy that was on ghost hunters international at the time i hadn't really had any paranormal experiences so i was just kind of open-minded about it and I was just like, cool, like, this will be fun. We end up going. The first thing the owner says to us is that, like, the week before we got there, a guy fell off one of the terraces and died. 
that was kind of scary a terrace is a balcony if you don't know what that is i was just like wow like that's kind of weird timing but okay and so we're just exploring the castle and the guy that owned the castle told us that we were the only ones in the castle he had to go to some town meeting so we ended up just like exploring the castle because it was this amazing beautiful castle in Italy and we were just like exploring it going in all the rooms and it was really like kind of fun but kind of spooky at the same time because we knew it was haunted apparently so we were just like walking through the rooms and then I go out on this balcony and I'm like wow it's so beautiful the view was amazing you could see like the mountains and you could see the water and I told my whole entire family to come out onto this balcony everyone goes out onto this balcony and we're just looking at the amazing view the door shuts behind them by itself locks and then the handle falls off of the door and we we're just like what how did that just happen so we're locked out on this balcony at this haunted castle and there's no one in the castle so we were stuck on this balcony for at least an hour and i was starving i hadn't eaten anything all day my mom was starving and everybody was getting kind of hangry how did we get locked out here my dad was contemplating breaking the door and we were like don't do that we were trying to figure out how to get the door open it just wasn't working and i remember looking through the keyhole and i could see movement in the castle and i was like what what is that because we're the only ones here that was kind of spooky i kind of just like disregarded that we just kind of were like freaking out and we saw these people walking below and we were like help help we're stuck up here they were like oh you're drunk ha 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 and they were just like laughing at us oh god like help us we finally somehow the door just like unlocks and we get out of the balcony i don't know how that happened it just opened. We were stuck on this balcony for like an hour for literally no reason. And we finally get off this balcony, we go eat something, we go back to our rooms, and my brother was pretty scared. So my mom and my brother just stayed in the rooms and they were watching Napoleon Dynamite or something. <laughs> and my dad and I were like, let's explore in the dark. We're just walking around in the dark. We have like flashlights and stuff, exploring this crazy castle and going through all the rooms. We were the only guests, by the way, in the entire castle. We go to this room and I'm standing in the middle of the room and it sounds like someone is in the room walking around me. Like I'm in the middle of the room and it sounded like footsteps were walking completely around me. And it was so weird because my dad was standing in the doorway, I was standing in the middle of the room and we were just staring at each other like, what is that because we're the only ones here what what because we both heard it and it was circling me it was so weird i got kind of spooked and i just kind of ran out of that room we just kept walking around the owner of the castle was actually walking in the courtyard he came back from the meeting he was at he was like laughing at us because we were walking around with flashlights we go back to our rooms of course my brother and my dad get this room there's like birds all over the walls like pictures of birds and pictures of flowers and like happy things and then my mom and i get the room with freaking crucifixes on the walls and just like creepy pictures of like old dolls my mom and i get the creepy room and my brother and my dad get the happy bird room i go to sleep 
and I had this strange dream where my mom and I woke up at 3.55 in the dream and I remember looking at the clock and we went to go eat breakfast at 3.55. Weird random time, weird dream, I don't even know. But I was awakened by this feeling of someone sitting on my legs. Why do I feel pressure on my legs? I remember like thinking that and it actually woke me up because it's so heavy. I got kind of freaked out. I was like trying to say mom because she was in the bed next to me. I just couldn't say mom for some reason. I was like mom, mom, because I was so scared. I felt like actual pressure on my legs like someone was sitting on my legs. And then I felt like someone pull me and I actually moved down the bed. My mom, she had her hands like this when she was sleeping, I don't know why but her hands like flew up and out on the edge of the bed and she lifted up and she woke up and she was like, what? Someone just grabbed my hands, what? And then she looks over and I'm freaking out. Like I was crying cause it was so scary. Something legit pulled me down the bed. And the weirdest part was that I was like, oh, my dad could have just played. No, he couldn't have played a joke on me because our beds had bed posts. That means there's no way someone could have pulled me down the bed with the bed post. It felt like someone was sitting on my legs, got up, went around to the back side of the bed, and pulled me from the back side of the bed. After that happened, I looked at the clock and it was 3.55 in the morning. What? My dream? How? What? And I was freaking out. My dad comes in the room. He's like, you guys are crazy, like nothing happened. I could not go back to sleep after that happened. I never had a paranormal experience before and that scared me to death. I was so scared. Still to this day, it's kind of a freaky thing to think about, but you know what, like it's something that happened and I'm actually like happy that I had that experience because it kind of opened my eyes a little bit, but at the same time, like that was really scary. <laughs> Next paranormal experience I had was in my first apartment. I lived in this apartment with two other roommates, but they both moved out. I ended up living there three months alone. This apartment was a three bedroom apartment. For those three months, those two bedrooms were completely vacant. I had always got kind of like a creepy feeling in that apartment. I remember one time we were having a party and I was sitting on the couch and the couch was right next to where my bedroom door was. I had a few drinks with me. I was a little bit tipsy. I was just like talking to my friend. I could see my door out of the corner of my eye. I saw it move a little bit and then it started moving all the way and it opened like this much. I could see it open and I was like, what? Like, is there someone in my room? So I went in my room and there was no one there. So then I just kind of like forgot about that and I kind of like just went on with my life. One day I was making spaghetti. Our stove was like right next to our fridge and on our fridge we had a bottle of Jaeger <laughs> and I was making the spaghetti. My roommate was eating behind me at the table and we were just talking and then the bottle of Jaeger flies off the fridge, hits me in the back, and lands on the floor. And I turned around and I was like, I thought she threw it at me. And she was sitting there like, 
And I was like, what just happened? Did you throw that at me? She's like, no. How did that just happen? She's like, it just flew off the fridge and hit you in the back. What? Like, how does that happen? That's so freaking creepy. And we were just talking and she said that before that we had all moved in the apartment, there had been someone that died from an overdose in that apartment building. She didn't know which room it was in, but apparently the person died on the bed, basically sat there for like three days, his dead body, and no one like knew that he was dead until the apartment complex owners came in to the apartment and they opened his door. His dead body was on the bed for like three days. They didn't notice he was dead. So basically that kind of creeped me out. They didn't tell us which apartment it was in that that happened in and I bet you they didn't even change the beds because you know it was a cheap apartment complex and um, I just don't think that they would have changed the bed. So someone was sleeping on a bed where someone died probably. That kind of freaked me out but I kind of just like like whatever I mean I lived there so like whatever I'm not gonna like think about it 24-7. Then my roommates moved out. When my roommates moved out things got kind of weird because I mean I was completely alone in the apartment and I did hear things I heard like people talking but you know it's an apartment complex so it could have just been my neighbors or people around and it could have been many different things but I did hear a lot of noises and a lot of questionable things and I got kind of freaked out just being in that apartment alone nothing really bad happened I just moved out and that was the end of that apartment during the summer that I was living in that apartment I had one of my friends over and we were actually watching the show Paranormal Witness and so I started talking to her about like if she had any paranormal experiences just because I like to talk to people about it. She told me that when she was younger she would see this like shadow in the corner of her room. She wasn't really specific about like what it looked like or where it was in her room. She got so scared by it that she rearranged her entire room. So we were just talking about that whole entire story and we just like went to sleep. Like, maybe two to three weeks later I went to her house and we were just having like a sleepover. We were drinking alcohol, just like having fun watching like silly movies. I wasn't thinking about anything remotely paranormal at all. And then we went to her room to go get another movie to watch. I went in the room with her and we picked out the movie. We went to go go out the door and I went to turn off the light. But when I turned off the light, I noticed something in the corner of her room and I looked and it was this shadow figure, like straight up a shadow figure it looked like a really tall man with pointy shoulders and like jagged like edges. It was really weird. I'd never seen anything like it before. It was freaking scary and the guy, he didn't have a face. I mean, I'm saying he's a guy because he was just really tall and slender. He didn't have a face. It was just a black shape with pointy shoulders. I like freaked out. I was like, is that what you saw? Like, is that the corner you saw it in? And she said, yes, that's the corner I saw it in. And I was like, it's right there, right now. I see it. And she was like, oh my gosh. And we just bolted out of her room. That scared me to my core. I had never seen anything like that. If there is such a thing as a demon, that is a demon. I honestly, the feeling I got from it 
was nothing like I'd felt before. I was scared at the haunted castle when I got pulled, but that was nothing compared to the feeling of that shadow figure. That shadow figure it just made me feel like it was looking down on me. It just was the weirdest looking thing I've ever seen. It had the weirdest shape. It didn't have a face. It was like blurred out and like jagged. It was the weirdest thing. It's, it was so scary. <laughs> Honestly, that thing scared me. I don't know how she slept in that room because I wouldn't have been able to. Honestly. I've had more things happen to me since then but that honestly out of everything that i've had happen that was genuinely scary because i felt like it didn't have any good intent in it at all so those were basically all my paranormal experiences so far those awesome personal stories come from alluring adriana on youtube go check her out those are some really cool stories i love when i can find some stories that go together well from some like really good storytellers i get so sick of hearing my own voice so if you do have a story please don't forget to call it in at one 270 That's going to be all for the Haunted Estate Episode 5. I hope you enjoyed it and I will see you next week for more spooky stories, spooky topics, and everything spooky in between. Thank you for stopping by the Haunted Estate. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.